365 Success app offers a simple daily tip for a more balanced life. 365 Success is a one-year plan over six levels where a new tip is displayed each day. The people behind 365 Success are academic and creative life hackers Dr. Nisha O'Reilly, Dr. Graham Hughes and Marie O'Riordan. Discover 365 Success, available now in the App Store. Hello and you're very welcome to episode 26 of Purple Psychology. I'm Maria O'Riordan. Thank you for tuning in in 53 countries worldwide. Dr. Nisha O'Reilly, you're welcome back. Thank you. Let's start off this episode. I want to ask you a question. Why do so many teenage boys find it so difficult to get through school? Yes, this has been one for the moment. I've been working with an awful lot of people who haven't been in school for prolonged periods of time. Um, and I've been starting to look at the trends of, of those people. Um, one of the interesting thing is that they're all introverted. Um, now, I do work with a lot of extrovert boys who find school difficult in other ways, but they tend to have the sports pitch or the social aspect. There does tend to be a huge amount of drama around them. You know, certain, there's a couple of key personalities that I take on a lot of students from, but they don't actually stop going to school. Um, they'll still go in and face the environment. Um, and one of the, the, the world has become a bit obsessed with introverts and extroverts recently. And one of the reasons for this is um, Susan Cain's book on introverts quiet. Um, but it is, it is interesting looking at these groups of people. There's probably only about three or four personalities involved. Um, they all have a sense of anxiety and going into this vortex in their head of worry and overanalyzing situations. Um, and sometimes if you take out what's in your head and put it out on the table, it doesn't look so bad. But certainly while it's in your head, it's a big problem. And I suppose I've been looking at the situations in school. It's not necessarily the classes, though sometimes there can be, you know, a personality clash with the teacher or be a particular problem or maybe you don't do well enough in a subject that you'd like to or there's something like that going on. But it's generally all the other external time you spend in school where it's actually the problem, where you don't have a space for yourself and there's so much going on and there's constantly people around you. And most bullying in school takes place outside of classrooms in the locker room or on the bus or waiting for the bus or outside in the schoolyard before you go back in or at lunchtime and so on. These are all the really key trouble times. There are universal themes. I'm sure we're both introverts, we're both bullied in school. I was public school, you were private school. Is it universal, as I'm thinking? Certainly, and, and certainly some introverted personalities more than others not only seem to be bullied by their peers, they also seem to be bullied by the people who are supposed to be mentoring them, reminding them or teaching them. Well, that's a commonality of rare personality types anyway because of their talents. Yes, well, you tend to attract the wrong type of attention from a young age. You tend to kind of stand out, you tend to be a bit overachieving, um, you tend to have very high standards and maybe the adults around you can't cope with that a little bit. Um, you, you tend to, to kind of clash off people. Is it a good thing that people like Susan Cain are making this area more accessible or putting it out into the public arena? Yes, I do think it's a good thing. Um, I don't think it's as simple as we talked in a couple of episodes of dividing the world into introverts and extroverts. Um, and, I, and as I said, it's a bit more evolved when I sit down and I look at the four you know, personalities that are coming to me of teenage boys who drop out of school. And it's not just that they're introverted, there's other factors coming into it. Um, 
And it's usually your reaction to situations. I've talked about this a lot as well. Your personality determines how you react to different situations and whether you actually talk about what's happened or whether you sort of don't go to school for two years. And pick up the pieces after that. Yeah, there's a, there is a, there is a, big, a, big, a big sense of that. Um, one of the things that, that's kind of puzzled me, because there's a bit of a contradiction here, right? Normally, extrovert people tend to base their standards on everyone else around them. So if you get a, a grade in school, the, the extrovert student will always tell me, well, I got such and such, and they will tell me the mark of every other person in the class. <laughs> okay? And probably have worked out the average in their head and how many marks they were above and below so-and-so. Okay? And that tends to be their benchmark of how they view how they've done. Whereas the internal person, you know, the introverted person will internalise and they will have their sense of their benchmark. And sometimes they will get a very good grade but and everyone else will think it's very good but it's not good enough for them. So they tend to have very high standards and be very hard on themselves. Interestingly, with these introverted boys that are having a difficult time in school, they do seem to care an awful lot about what other people say to them or the questions they ask them and not have any answer, the right answer to questions. So it's quite an extrovert problem, even though they're very introverted. And that's, that's one of the things I, I haven't quite got my head around yet. It's a bit of a contradiction. Do the extroverts figure out you know, quickly or slowly that the people they're asking the marks aren't usually telling them the truth all the time. <laughs> no, but the funny bit is they never, ever seem to cop on that when someone else tells you, oh, I'm doing hours and hours of study. They're that, not. Yeah, that they're actually lying. And they get very stressed out around exam times because they believe everything else that everyone else is telling them. You've created some excellent strategies for podcast listeners today to help us to declog our brains so we all feel better. No pressure. Okay. Um... One of the keys to this is picking something that you become really absorbed in. So we talked a bit about this in with Ken Robinson and becoming really Sir absorbed. Ken Robinson, yes. Yes, becoming really absorbed in your element, you know, and losing time. Right. This, um, particularly for people who have a lot of multiplicity, so that means that they take in information in all four ways and they're constantly bombarded. You need to find something that makes you really focus. So origami is a really good one. Um, I even in pubs, if I'm in a stressful situation, there's just too much noise and stuff. I will quite often pick up the flyers off the table and start folding them. And whereas I don't have that dexterity, I just wear my noise cancelling headphones. Yeah, um, which is a bit more. I, I wimp out. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit more antisocial though. Whereas, yes, I agree. Yeah, whereas people think you're still part of something if you picked up the flyer and you're making a little. I, I could not. I, I don't know how many years I, I've gone through. I'm onto my third pair of the really amazing noise cancelling headphones because I cannot survive without them and I'm very open about that. I can't live without them anymore. Yeah, and it is. It's quite antisocial. Um, so Thank you. Um, <laughs> so a lot of people are put off by origami um, because it's very much two-dimensional pictures to making a three-dimensional object. There's a lovely origami app, which is a 3D explanation. So look up 3D origami. Um, Lego is a really good one. Um, a lot of a lot of teenagers stop making Lego because they kind of feel it's a childish toy. I never stopped making Lego. What about you? No, I certainly don't. Haven't stopped. And I love architectural Lego because it has all like the the fancy bits that I would have really loved in Lego sets when I was a kid, like all the the glass bricks and the smooth bricks. And no, the difference is you can make one of the amazing architectural Legos in a couple of hours. It would take me a couple of weeks. But it's great because it does make you focus on something you know you're totally focused on the instructions finding the brick you need and actually building something and there's a sense of having achieved something and um, you're big into jigsaws the big jigsaw puzzles it's frightening yeah jigsaws is another fantastic way um 
it's a really good way of building up visual skills um, in kids as well. I'm always getting them to do jigsaws. Now, maybe I'm being stereotypical, but is there a factor with you being dyslexic that you can see the patterns in the jigsaw and pick out the stuff? Because, you know, there might be 180 pieces of cloud and you're there putting it all together and I haven't a clue where to start. Yes, dyslexics do tend to be very good at jigsaws, but also it's a lot of practice. I've been doing jigsaws since I was a child. Um, um, so, and, you know, some jigsaws are not doable. There's an awful lot of jigsaws for sale, and I'll sit down there and look at them and go, oh, God, everything in it is the same colour yellow. Forget it. Um, so, like, start with something that actually, like, has a picture and everything's a different colour. That's my first guide. Um, well, I have switched now in recent months to HD high-definition lenses on my glasses, so it is making a difference. 500-piece jigsaws are really good as well, rather than the 1,000-piece. That's a good tip for starting off. Um, colouring books adult colouring books have made a massive revival I have been doing colouring books for years and I've been giving particularly patterned 3D colouring books um, to students to do for, for years is really good practice to build up um, directional techniques um, but adult there's millions of adult colouring books out there people have finally realised that doing colourings is a really good way to wind out um, Obviously, exercise. Um, some of our clients can't survive without jogging. Um, the key to exercise is to find something that makes you very aware of your body. So actually, Pilates and things like that tend to be very good. Some people tend to be really drawn to them. Um, cooking is another really good way. Um, it's something you become very absorbed in and it has got a lot of time skills and there's you know a sequence that you have to do things in and an order and you produce something at the end of it and other people get to enjoy it generally as well. So it's it's really good. I try to get a lot of teenagers, particularly like during exam years, to actually to do some cooking um, and a lot of them have started making things for the farmers markets to sell as well. It's a really good way to start off um, your entrepreneurial skills as a teenager. Fantastic. Spoke about HD glasses, but, you know, people with dyslexia and, you know, migraine or other sensitivities or difficulties tend to have a lot of visual eye strain. And you have some great tips. Do you want to cover them today or maybe in another episode? But it's something people should be aware of. Yeah, I'll do that in another episode. Um, I, similar to that, actually, I was going to say puzzles are really good. And obviously I do do some puzzles on the iPad and, you know, some puzzles on paper. Um, I like playing Angry Birds, but you, I always insist on on a time cut out for um, for doing online gaming because because you can become really absorbed and massively lose time. Um, but one thing to avoid if you have so any sort of visual stress and a lot of dyslexics is any sort of motion games because they actually make you really ill. As in motion sick. Yeah, they they're a really bad idea. They really um, maximize your eye strain. And is it disorientating as well for you? Yeah, it's it's just it's not a good thing to do for a long period of time. Um, I'm trying to think of the really cool game. I um, there's an amazing game out there actually for teenagers who do have um, dyspraxia. Um, I'd really recommend it. They find it difficult in the beginning, and that's Momentum Valley, um, which is an amazing game. It's like walking into this guy's paintings, and they it it's got all these different levels, and it rotates, and it's amazing. But it's really good for teaching directional skills if you find that difficult. And I have no space relations, so I don't play any sort of online gaming because I just don't get it. <laughs> Whereas you have a 3D brain and you can hack it. Thank you, Dr. Nisha O'Reilly, for all your tips this episode. Thank you. That's episode 26 of Purple Psychology. I'm Maria Reardon. Thank you so much for tuning in in 53 countries now. You can send your questions and check out the website purplepsychology.com. Talk to you next time. 365 Success app offers a simple daily tip for a more balanced life. 365 Success is a one-year plan over six levels where a new tip is displayed each day. 
The people behind 365 success are academic and creative life hackers Dr. Nisha O'Reilly, Dr. Graham Hughes, and Marie O'Reardon. Discover 365 success, available now in the App Store.